This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We have a very, very interesting show today. I have to tell you, in a few moments, we will speak with, I will speak with Paul Manafort. Paul Manafort, who was for at one point uh, campaign manager for Donald Trump. I'll tell I'm going to ask him about uh, his experience at the convention in 2016 when the late Phyllis Schlafly said he was the man for the job. And then we'll also talk to Nina May. Nina May has been in the conservative movement as a writer, a, a filmmaker, a leader for many, many decades, probably four or five. She looks great. I, I shouldn't say that. I'll get in trouble. But she's uh, she's written a piece on how the uh, Mar-a-Lago raid uh, may backfire and make Trump into a martyr. I think she's exactly right. And we'll hear what she has to say. We've got all that now. Today is uh, goodbye to Liz Cheney Day. And so in Wyoming, uh, as uh, they will vote her out in the primary. And a lot of coverage has been made about um, she's going to keep her voice out there. She's going to be a national leader in uh, opposing Trump. And here's a couple of observations, what you need to know about Liz Cheney. First, she's fabulously wealthy because of her family. Now, that's neither uncommon nor inappropriate. Uh, you know, if you're born into a family that has lots of money, there's a good chance that you're going to get some of that money, sometimes by inheritance, sometimes by opportunities. That's not wrong. That's not wrong. Her, her father made his money, however, by being a creature of Washington, D.C., meaning he was in Congress. First, he was, uh, I think he was chief of staff to the uh, uh, President Ford. Then he was in Congress. Then he was Secretary of Defense under Bush one. Then he was in private um, business and made a fortune at Halbert and an oil company. Again, I'm not arguing, by the way, any of it's illegal. I'm saying he did what is a common track in American life, which is go to Washington, and make a lot of money. She got money from him. She was raised in Virginia where he lived. He became vice president of the United States. She lived in uh, in Virginia. She's always been. She ran for Congress in Wyoming after briefly running for uh, Senate in Wyoming, and she served there. So when she's done, what you need to know is don't feel sorry for her. She's going to go back to her huge home in Virginia and be a very successful, wealthy person, wealthy family. She's got some kids and all. She's not going anywhere. However, what you need to know is why will she be famous as the voice of the opposition? Only one reason, because the media and the left will make her that she's not particularly dynamic. She's not particularly persuasive. She is being put up and she is a, I don't know. Is she a, is she a useful idiot for the Democrats and the left feels like it to me. And so she will not, she's not earning this. She's not someone who has found a space when they say she's standing on principle. No, she's the old guard. She's the death rattle of the old guard. She's the she's the end of the Cheney leadership in the country. And you may think that she's going to make a comeback and somehow be a leader in the future. But you'd be a, I think you're exactly where the Bushes are, where George P. Bush decided to challenge a conservative Republican, Ken Paxton, in the attorney general race in Texas this year. And he lost. The Bushes are over, too. So I think it's what you need to know is she's rich and rich and rich because of her dad. It's okay. I'm not judging her. I, I you know, my father gave me a lot of things, didn't give me much money, but she should, yeah, that's fine. But she's famous as a never Trumper and an, a, a, against Trumper only because the left and the media want her to be that. Not anything else. And she'll be ending her career doing that. It's not going to succeed. 
So there you have it. All right. In a moment, Paul Manafort. Be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our next guest is a very, very interesting guest for me to talk to and you to hear. His name is Paul Manafort. And Paul Manafort's got a new book out from Skyhorse Publishing. It's out right right now. It's right now. Political Prisoner, Persecuted, Prosecuted, But Not Silenced. Paul Manafort. Uh, extraordinary uh, timing for him to come out with this book. Although, when you look at his life, Paul Manafort's had extraordinary timing. Both uh, Probably he'll tell me both good and bad, but extraordinary timing. But I have to tell you before so first of all welcome paul manafort how are you good and thank you very much for having me today and hello to your listeners well thank you for coming on and um so i want to first give you a great compliment um in 2016 uh the late phyllis schlafly whose birthday was uh august 15th she would have been 98 she was of course she was at every single republican convention from 1952 through 2016 and when donald trump hired paul manafort as uh his campaign manager phyllis said to me he knows Trump knows he's got to get through this convention. And she said, Paul knows how to do that. And of course, I remember getting to the convention in Cleveland and seeing you there. Of course, if you don't know Paul Manafort, he's tall. He's got this head of hair. He's a he cuts a figure. And uh, and I remember talking to Phyllis and she said, because at the time, people don't remember Ted Cruz's people were actively talking and, and the media was trying to say, well, we can have a, a, a brokered convention. We can have a, you know, a, a runaway convention, whatever. And so, first of all, that's a, as good a comment as you can get is that Phyllis Schlafly knew you could do it and you did. But I don't think people remember that, Paul. That, that that role you played and how important it was. Uh, it, it sort of got lost in the aftermath. Yeah, right. sure did. <laughs> but, uh, you know, conventions are never done until they're done. And, and uh, Cruz understood something that the Trump's campaign early on didn't, uh, which was that you can win primaries, but if you don't win delegates, you don't get the nomination. Right. Uh, and Trump, you know, tr- I mean, Trump probably was the most incredible candidate I've ever worked with. I mean, in the sense that when he announced his candidacy, he was he was the candidate. He was the campaign. <laughs> right. He was the pollster. He was the communications <laughs> director. Right. You know, and, and he was winning. Right. And, and doing all of these things. Uh, but what and I talk about this in the book. But what happened was. Yeah, you know, Cruz put, put together some people who knew how to run conventions, and they put the right strategy together to stop a guy who could was not going to keep was not going to lose primaries, right. but could. But if he didn't pay attention to the details of the nominating process, could be could be beaten back. And they had a plan, and the never Trumpers were working with them, and yeah, uh, we stopped it. 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 It is it is amazing. People forget that I, in, in Missouri, from where uh, Phyllis and I come from, they blocked her, Phyllis Schlafly, because she was a known Trump uh, delegate. They blocked her. and We had to kind of fight to get it. In fact, she even was sued by some of her former uh, supporters who were cruise people to try to silence her because of that. So it's it's really important for people to understand that, that, that this was a, a fight. Now, I, I will say uh, Trump gets less credit. I think he gets famous for firing people, which he does a lot, but hiring the right people. I mean, he who knew in his world? that they needed you to do that was there did he figure it out did, did was somebody able to say to him oh, no, he did actually i mean you know, what happened was uh he was getting fed up with reading uh, headlines of of delegates being elected for Cruz oh. and other candidates in states that he had won the primaries I see. and so he, he called previous up and had set up a meeting with the chairman of the rnc 
And he sat down, and again, I actually I go through this in the book, and he talked with Reitz, and he said, uh, you guys are trying to steal my nomination. And Prima mm-hmm. said, no, Mr. Trump, we're not. You, you know, you're winning, but you're not winning the, the delegates. You've got to do both. And he and Trump looked at Priebus and said, what do you mean? He says, well, each state has different rules. And uh, and it's not enough to win the primary. And even if you win the primary and win the delegates, they may only be bound, depending on the state rules, for X number of ballots. So Trump looked at the people who were in the room with him and said, do you guys know about this? And they didn't. <laughs> they, they'd never done anything like this before. And so that's when Trump. Did what a smart businessman does. He uh, he found somebody who could do it, a name by the name of Paul, Paul Manafort. Um, uh, Paul, um, we're talking with Paul Manafort again. His book, which is from Skyhorse Publishing, it's out uh, right now. You can order it everywhere you get books. It's called "Political Prisoner: Persecuted, Prosecuted, But Not Silenced." Um, Paul, uh, the the. You were really the original uh, political prisoner. Now we have the January 6th guys. We have Trump's Mar-a-Lago with Roger Stone and all. But people, again, they I think they forget. And you go into this. I mean, you, you were uh, the Mueller investigation. They they um they treated you as bad as anybody. Right. I mean, they rousted you from bad. They I think you were held in solitary for a while. I mean, I saw that. I don't know how long if that was right away from Mueller. I mean, but you you were the. I mean, th- th- this is is when you're watching all this stuff that's going on. You're saying, um, guys, I, this was four years ago, five years ago. I went through this. Yeah, I mean it's it's absolutely true. In fact, uh, Trump sent out the Trump sent out a truth yesterday, telling people to buy the book because he said, "What's going on today? What happened to this man?" And uh, you know, it, it, the the book goes into the, the broad themes of the book focus on the deep state, right, and the danger that it presents to all of us. And I use myself as a case example. But today, if I'm writing the book, I would use the president, the Trump, as a, a case example. But the reality is the deep state isn't only focusing on people like the president or me these days. They're focusing on everyday Americans. And I talk about it in the book, you know, going after school board, parents at school board meetings, people living on the border, victims of crimes. Uh, and now these 87,000 new uh, tax uh, agents, uh, tax yeah. IRS agents, they're coming after red state Americans. They're not coming after uh, uh, blue staters, and uh, and the system, the woke state is is doing everything they can because they fear the return of Trump. Uh, and, again, uh, again, we're talking with Paul Manafort. I, I want and and, and you, I saw that on the truth uh, that Trump uh, he, he, he tweeted or tweet truthed about uh, the book "Political Prisoner: uh, Persecuted, Prosecuted, But Not Silenced." Uh, we're talking with Paul Manafort, the author, and. Um, uh, Paul, how do you how do you tell the public? I mean, I, I often tell people that more and more Americans think the system's rigged. And for a guy like Paul Manafort, you actually pioneered government relations in the 80s. You figured out with uh, uh, Black and Stone, you had a, a system. You also pioneered what I think, again, is the it, it, history it will show how to help uh, other people win elections all over the world. You pioneered all that and you were li- you were famous for it and you were uh, compensated for it and all that. You, you got you got uh, uh, drilled uh, by the by the prosecutors for things like uh, uh, paperwork violations like what Podesta did. And you so the standard it's it's not that it's just a double standard that maybe, um, you know, so and so gets a uh, an award for being a good guy when he's a leftist and you don't because you're more conservative. You actually you, you got rung up by prosecutors for stuff that other people did. I mean, the system does. It's not close. The system is rigged. Well, and I talk about that. I mean, the two tiered system of justice is is a key part of my book. Right. Uh, but it's even worse than what you said, because they came after me on a fair violation. 
that I'd already been cleared on. <laughs> right. By the Defender Department. And when Weissman took over, the, you know, as part of the special counsel's office, he called the fair office up and said that that agreement you reached with Manafort, which, by the way, had no criminality, no right. civil penalties, nothing. Right. It was just we think you should file. And we I agreed to do it, even though I didn't agree that I should. Right. Just to remove the issue. Weissman said, I'm taking over now uh, and I'm throwing out your agreement, going after him criminally. I mean, so I had solved the issue. The 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 foreign accounts that they made a big deal about. I had disclosed all of that to the FBI in 2014, helping them on an investigation of corruption in 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 uh, the in Ukraine. Um, so they came after me for things that not only I had been cleared on, but I wasn't guilty of. Right. Uh, and, and, and that's the day. And I talk about that in great detail in the in the, in the book. But but you know, I don't take. I mean, I was not the target. I was the means to the target. They were after Trump from day one, and they thought that if they could get me, they could throw me, put a gag order on me, get me convicted in the court of public opinion through the anonymous leaks when I couldn't respond, then throw me in solitary for eleven months. Uh, an eight by ten, twelve room with no windows, uh, no you know, a door with a slot for the food to be slid through, no you know, no outside light, no ability to exercise. They thought they'd break me, and they thought they'd get me to uh, to give up Trump. Uh, and I told them from the beginning, I will tell you the truth. That's it. And the truth was there was no Russian collusion, which we now know, of course. Right. Uh, and you know, the nice thing about the book, you know, being I finished it about four months ago. The, is the time I was able to, because by writing deep into the Biden administration, I was able to see a couple of things and add them because it amplified my message. And one of the key points was the Durham investigation, which through their trials and their exhibits have shown, and this is the scary part of the deep state, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you know the, Clinton's campaign manager admitted in early July of 2016 they were going to put out fake stories on Russian uh, collusion between Trump and and Russia. Right. John and did, Brennan. And, John yeah. Brennan. Two days later, three days later, from Brennan's own CIA notes, uh, briefed Obama that Clinton was going to put out this phony uh, uh, narrative. Yet, two weeks later, the FBI opened up Crossfire Hurricane. No, I mean, when the system already knew that it was a fake narrative, but they they then went out and uh, investigated. Clinton hired Russian, uh, you know, foreign nationals, uh, uh, Chris uh, Christopher Steele, who hired Russians. There was Russian collusion, but with Clinton, and they hid it all under Perkins Coie. We now know all of that now, so I'm able to show the real. Uh, Russian collusion in my book and compared to what the allegations were they were making against us, where there were none. Uh, uh, we're talking with Paul Manafort again, his book, which is out. It's political prisoner, persecuted, prosecuted, but not silenced. Paul, if I, I looking back and I only observed your you know role in the last 10 years from where I was or maybe 15. But, you know, for decades, you were successful as a communicator in the world that you were in, the American politics, whatever. And, and now even today, I will see people say on social media and they'll quote, as you mentioned, Brennan or somebody, they'll say even today, Manafort was colluding with the russians when that's patently false proven false and my point here is that you you can't even be a good communicator anymore because the big tech and big media are lying completely and they don't even try yeah in fact 
I, I call that the circular reporting uh, of advocacy journalism because I tell you in the book I talk about how you know there's now a system set up by the woke left mm-hmm. uh, working with you know they're they're buried up people inside the government where you know they create and you see what we saw with Trump last week they cre- the Justice Department puts out this big you know you know message of you know, serious crimes may have been committed with this no knock uh, ra- right. raid on Trump's home and then favored media get leaked certain pieces from the Department of Justice of components of their justification and all and these favored reporters by the way are the same favored reporters from six years ago with the, with the Russia collusion hoax right and they start writing stories and then social media starts picking it up and all of a sudden you know Trump's convicted of of great espionage crimes in the court of public opinion right and that's their real game because they understand and this is the risk of the of new media that Conviction in the court of public opinion simply requires coordination of a message. Adam Schiff's a key component of that as an example. <clears throat> but the reality is, we look at all the po- Gallup poll, all the polls of these days, the media has now dropped to having less credibility than Congress, which is pretty damn bad. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's literally in the teens. So people are not getting their news from the media anymore. Uh, and, uh, it, it's, and so the destruction of of journalism by these advocacy journalists, uh, pretend journalists, right. uh, it is you know, p- promote pushing the headlines, but not p- pushing the people. And I think you're going to see on, in November that there re- backlash that's going to happen when there's a red wave that is going to change Washington again. Uh, it, we're again, Paul, Paul Manafort's our guest. The book is Political Prisoner, Persecuted, Prosecuted, but Not Silenced, uh, Skyhorse Publishing. Just a couple more minutes, uh, Paul. Um, first, uh, do you have a perspective uh, on the Ukraine? Again, no one's ever I, I don't think anyone's ever accused or, 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 or moved past that you worked in throughout the world, all over the world. But I mean, when we watch the again, the media tell us that one side in Ukraine is perfect, uh, Zelensky and the president. But more importantly, what Joe Biden's or his son was doing. I mean, can you? What do you? What's your thoughts on Ukraine right now? And what? Well, and what know, Biden did. The, thank you. And I know the Ukraine very well. Obviously, I ran. I was running politics there for over ten years. Right. Um, and during my time, the reason Ukraine is now in a position to become a part of Europe is because of the work that the guy that I elected president in twenty ten did, working with the Europeans to uh, to to change. The legal structure, the economic structure, the regulatory structure, all the requirements that were necessary for Ukraine to apply to be a part of Europe. And this right. is all public information. And what I'm telling you is this headlines was in the news. I was working in the U.S. Embassy. Uh, they, 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 you know, they didn't have. So when they say that I was involved in Ukraine and that's why I was the link because I had a, a Russian working for me in Ukraine, that Russian who worked for me worked for John McCain. Hmm. Uh, you know, right. in running, uh, running uh, the, the uh, democracy operation that he had in in Russia, right. he was he was a U.S. asset. I mean, this is again, Weissman do this, but the public and you know, my assistant was an was was an asset to the U.S. embassy to, of such importance that they gave him a code name hmm. uh, in communicating between Kiev and Washington to protect him. Right, Weissman had all this cable traffic. He had all this information from the from the ambassadors. Yet that's the guy that they decided was the link to the Kremlin because he served in the military for two years of mandatory service 
and he went to the language school during that because he speaks three or four languages. They knew it wasn't true. What, so how did they keep that information from getting out? They sealed all the documents on him. Hmm. Wow. And, and, they, and that, that kept me from being able to, in my trial, try even talk about that kind of stuff. So they knew all along that all the pieces of the narrative, the Russian narrative, were wrong. There was no motive. There was no link to Russia. There were no. There was no evidence of any communications with, with in, into Moscow from the campaign or from me or from Trump. They knew all of that, but it didn't stop them. In the end, I, I did agree with one thing in Mueller's report. He did say there was no Russian collusion with the Trump campaign. Right. Which he had to say because there was. Yeah. Uh, Paul Manafort, a real quick a follow up on that. Um, does does um, does when you saw what and I, again, we don't know all the facts yet, but the the Biden family involvement in Ukraine, it doesn't look right. Right. I mean, you're a guy that's you've earned your money and worked over there. You pointed out the things you did. It doesn't look right. What uh, uh, Hunter Biden's doing. Right. Well, I mean, I knew Hunter Biden was involved in Ukraine back in those days. Yeah. Um, uh, because I was still involved in Ukraine, uh, and, and people who, who were running Burisma were were friends of friends of mine, and so I, they asked me about that. Biden was the point guy for the Obama administration to Ukraine. I thought it was a little bit, you know, unusual, right? For Hunter, I didn't know Hunter and what he was doing, but right. I knew what he was doing, but or what he, where he was doing, it, but not what he was doing. Um, it's it smells, and yeah. and, and you know, yet they went after Trump. For nothing close right. to that kind of smell, right. Right. and his family as well, yeah. and, and yet they won't even look at the laptop that they have in their possession, right? Uh, because they uh, don't want to see what's on it. Uh, last question, Paul Manafort. Be on the book is political prisoner, persecuted, prosecuted, but not silenced. You just mentioned uh, Donald Trump's family. One of the things, and I've I've only minor league been in the public eye um, periodically back in Missouri and all. But one of the things they like to do is, and it's terribly effective, is drag your family into it, right, and and put your family through it. How, how has your family uh, survived all this with you? God bless them. It's a strong family. They tried to do that with my family too. Yeah. They uh, they went after my my daughter's assets, uh-huh. um, you know, which is why in the end I did a plea agreement to, and to not do the second trial. Uh, right. Not to, it was not to give anything up. It was to get, to get give them my ass, some of my assets to get hers up because they never should have been a part of it, even you know, even in the convoluted world we were in. And so they put a lot of pressure on my family, um, but it's a strong family. We're, we're close knit and, uh, and we're stronger today. Oh, good for you. Well, thank you for writing the book. And, uh, you know, it would have been easier probably after all this uh, to I mean, you maybe maybe you wanted to write it to get your story out, but it'd been easier to maybe be silent just to to to, to heal your wounds and not have to deal with it, because I'm sure you'll get some attention. But uh, uh, the book, again, is political prisoner persecuted, prosecuted, but not silent. Skyhorse publishing everywhere you buy books. Thanks very much, Paul Manafort. I appreciate it. Thank you, Ed. Good talking to you. All right. Good talking to you. We'll take a break, everybody, and come back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. I was just describing to uh, Nina May. Uh, Nina May is the founder and the chairman of the uh, Renaissance Foundation, which is an organization, uh, leadership organization all across the world. Um, and uh, especially she has a relationship in the Republic of Korea. Um, she's done, she writes a lot. She's uh, been a uh, conservative commentator, done a lot of things uh, and uh, been around the conservative world for a long time. So welcome, Nina May. How are you? 
Very good. How are y'all doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. And thanks for coming on with our listeners. So um, I wanted to get I flagged a piece that you wrote, um, the making of a martyr FBI raid could backfire as Trump's support grows. But I want to pull back from that first and ask you a broad question. Again, you've been I think you've even made films. You've been a communicator across the world for decades and especially in the conservative movement. But how do you describe how crazy, how crazed the media has become? I mean, it's it's almost impossible to communicate or to get a message communicated honestly in the media and big tech right now. I mean, it's it's stunning, isn't it? It is, but it's been incremental. We've seen this um, sort of slide down the slippery slope for years now, and I don't think people, what is the approval rating of the media now? Is it like 18% or 15% or something like that? So I think it's across the board, and that's why it's exciting to have shows like yours and other podcasts and people sort of making their own way through the truth because we know that the mainstream media is not – it's not a, a media arm. It's basically a PR arm of the Democratic Party. And it has been for years. I swear I've been saying that for 40 years. <laughs> it's true. You've been, a, you've been ahead of your time. Right. And nothing has changed. I think what happened, I always like to equate it to the Truman Show. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, yeah, I do very well. And that's exactly where this nation was when the deep state and the the establishment and the powers that be, the cabals, whatever you want to call them, when they were in charge and we were all fat, dumb and happy and everything was going along great. They were going, yay, we did it. We totally duped the Americans. I mean, we've got them in the palm of our hand. But when we started questioning things and go, well, this doesn't make sense why this person's being treated this way. And that person's being treated in a different way. And with the FBI, for example, it goes all the way back to Martin Luther King when they were bugging his uh, his apartment and his home and, you know, trying to set it up like he was having an affair and things. And I remember living through that and thinking, oh, my gosh, I thought he was a wonderful, righteous man. So I had even been deceived until I met his niece. Albeda, and we became very dear friends. And I would ask her these questions that I'd heard as a young girl. And she said, yeah, that's what they did. You know, they they tried to get him to actually to commit suicide at one point. It was just mm. really horrible. So we've always had this sort of sense, or I have always had this kind of, um, uh, what is it called, uh, when you're a little suspicious. Yeah, well, uh, po- po- so paranoia. It's not paranoia, though, if you're right. Yeah, but anyway. <laughs> you're not. That's exactly right. But I just take things with a little bit of a grain of salt. Right. And the more you do that, the more you see the duplicity and the systems that are out there and the and how people are treated. Take, for example, you know, all the rioting of BLM and Tifa and tearing down b- cities. And even at the White House, my gosh, they almost broke the, the gates down there and they're trying to tear down the statue of Jackson and on and on. Then you have a handful of people that wandering around the Capitol because it's a rally like we have seen a gazillion times in Washington. And so they're thrown in jail when there's something wrong with this picture. So I think that was kind of the the awakening of the Truman in the Truman show. And the minute he woke up, the minute he said, well, I'm questioning this. Everyone came against him. It was like the pitchforks against him. And he's thinking, wait, you were my parents. You were my teacher. You were my best friend. What happened? And that's where we are. Well, but so and and we're talking with Nina May. This is great. And, you know, Nina, um, just a few minutes ago, I was interviewing Paul Manafort and you reference his name in your column, which we'll get to, too. He's got a new book out um, and it's extraordinary to talk to him. But one difference, Nina, is they and and maybe I'm wrong, but they used to slur and smear conservatives. Right. They used to try to embarrass them and make them uncomfortable and silence them that way. But now they're actually 
you know, prosecuting them. They're actually, you know, kicking in the door and uh, people forget Paul Manafort. Paul Manafort was in solitary confinement for 11 months. Like, you know, you can you can rape a half a dozen people. You won't get solitary for 11 months. So, you know, one the shift from, yeah, we're we're biased and we're using uh, we're going to try to make your life miserable if you're conservative to prosecuting and to invading your home. That feels I know you said it's gradual, but it feels like that's it's it it was, you know, coming on fast. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And um, I say, for example, with with uh, Trump, he's the movement now. It's not about the man. It's a movement. It was started by the Democratic Party, by the deep state operatives, the CCP, the clueless Marxists are working overtime to destroy the country because they realized they had a short window of opportunity to do this while they're in office. Look at Swalwell. I don't know if you saw his his quote from the other day. He said people that support Trump should be aware that they're not going to get away with that, basically. It's like, be on the alert because we're coming after you next. Well, we've seen that, and they have been going after people. What do they have, 800 people that have been prosecuted because right. of this, um, because of January 6th, just because they happen to be in the Capitol at the time? And we did a, a video about this because we were there. My whole video team was there shooting, and we put together a 15-minute video shows, showing that the timeline doesn't work. They could not possibly have done what they did when they said they did it. So to put that out, you're suddenly going to be doxxed. You're going to be censored. They're going to pull your, your video off very much the way they're doing with any information from doctors about the vaccination and how bad the vaccination can be. And the, the you know, detrimental, you know, physical results of, ha- of taking it. So there's the lie, the lie, the lie. You try and counter the lie and you are the villain. And you're thinking, how did this happen in this country, especially with the Constitution? You go down the Constitution, it's like they've taken a black magic marker and put a line through every single um, amendment in the Constitution. You think, where do we go now to get justice? Where does someone like Trump go to get justice? He was the president of the United States, and the Justice Department has has gun for him. I mean, yeah. who who does where does he go to be made whole now? We're uh, well, and you, you'll you'll appreciate. I, I I grew up in New Jersey, and uh, and the famous um, uh, line that's the so famous was Raymond Donovan, Ray Donovan, the, the labor secretary under right. under and he came out of his court and he had been acquitted. And he said, yeah. what what office do I go to? What's the number of the office I go to to get my reputation back? You know, and that's it. Exactly. But, but 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 so but we're talking with Nina May and your your column uh, about this. You talk about uh, making of a martyr. FBI raid could backfire as Trump support grows. Um, you know, it was a few days ago. So we're about three or four days from your writing this piece. It's kind of already happened. Right. I mean, most people now yeah. say say there won't be any opponents to Trump now I, I, in the primary. I, I tend to think about, by the way, as a kind of as someone used the phrase, the fake because uh, people like Nikki Haley needed a because to not run against Trump because she couldn't win. I mean, I, these people thought right. they could challenge. But now Trump is the is the sort of um, the uh, the the uh, obvious candidate to run. But Nina May, you've watched politics for, for decades. Why would it be any different than it was in 2020, meaning we're going to see either the legal 
fortification is what they called it of the election, or we're going to see manipulation of the election that's beyond legal. We don't know. I mean, nobody proved it, all that nonsense. But we're, we're certainly going to see the media and now big tech. Think about it. The most popular, interesting guy in the world in history is not on TV. He's not on Fox. He's not on any They're And they're blocking him out and blacking him out because they think he's better. I got an email from a friend of mine in Europe, and he said, I'm so offended that you like Trump. And I said, which part don't you like? His defense of gay rights worldwide, his letting prisoners out of jail, who are people I wouldn't put out of jail, his um, booming the economy for low income people, his uh, pursuing Christian schools, having freedom. Which part don't you like? This guy, by the way, pro-life. This guy is a conservative. So but why would anything be different in 2022 or 2024 than we've seen in the last 18 months? In fact, it's going to be worse. Well, here's what's happened. We're all awake now. We were just kind of sleeping through 20, was it 2020? Because yeah, we thought, well, yeah. he's going to win again. My goodness, he's so great. Look at all the stuff he's done. You know, the list is very long. And we didn't think about the cheating. We didn't think that that could possibly happen to the extent that it did. And everyone, everyone knows they cheated. There's so much evidence that they cheated. And for them to say, you're not allowed to say they cheated. Well, I'm sorry. Where's the law that said you can't tell the truth? So they cheated. They won. And so now everyone is on high alert. Alert that that could happen again. And I'm telling you, all the precincts in the, in the counties around the country are mobilizing. They're basically saying we're going to have someone at every single precinct watching the polls because we didn't do that before because we said nobody cheats. You know, you got the Bureau yeah. of Elections that, you know, that, that watch this stuff. My goodness, if they start cheating, it's all over. So they caught us blindsided. So now everyone is ramping up. They're gearing up. They're ready for them to cheat. I mean, they're just expecting it. That's just sort of the new, you know, MO of the of the Democratic Party. So I think that's put people on high alert. The fact that uh, an ex-president is being treated this way like a common criminal has put people on high alert because they know. And I cannot tell you how many people the first thing they said when they heard this raid was, oh, my gosh, if they can do this to him, what can they do? What can they do to me? Everyone is thinking that, well, except the liberals, because this never happens to the liberals. But that it's 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 a shot across the bow to the liberals that no, we're not sitting back anymore. We're not going to be complacent. We're not going to be compliant with whatever it is you want us to do. No, we've got an agenda here, and we have a destiny, a rendezvous with destiny. <laughs> uh, we, we're talking with Nina uh, May, and uh, Nina, in your column, in the, is column, you write the following thing. This is uh, the FBI. The FBI has become a domestic terrorist group, yet they have the gall to say traditional symbols of liberty like the Betsy Ross flag, the Gadsden flag, the Battle of Gonzales, etc., are icons of white supremacy and domestic terrorism. Again, um, you know, where do we go from here? Right. I mean, is it I, I mean, it's a little bit like I remember uh, one of my favorite uh, uh, people, Alex Newman, was, used to talk about he wrote a book on education uh, um, and and with Sam Blumenthal, the, the late Sam Blumenthal. And and and, uh, and Alex used to say, we'll reform the public schools. And I remember he gave a speech and he said, yeah, it's over. You just got to get out of the public schools. And I remember being, wow, Alex gave. But, you know, he used to say reform the FBI, reform the Department of Justice. It feels yeah. like it's beyond reform. It's beyond reform. It's it's got to be dismantled altogether. In fact, in mentioning the the column there, I said basically you have you should add 
the giant, frightening yellow letters FBI to the terrorist group, because you think of someone like Paul Manafort put in solitary confinement for 11 months for doing what exactly? That's terrorizing people. And that's people saying, oh, shoot, I don't want to spend 11 months in solitary confinement. I better do this or I better do that. That's coerciveness and it's not legal, yet they're getting away with it. And that is frightening people. And it's frightening people to the point of action. People that I've never in a million years thought would say, okay, I'm going to vote. Or I've had people say they've never voted in their lives. This is the first time they're going to vote. And you're thinking, how did you get through life without voting? They said, eh, there's no difference between the parties. You know, that we knew how the system was. It was just sort of this little game that everybody would play. But now it's beyond a game. It is as serious as a heart attack. And people have got to get involved. Well, Nina May, thank you, first of all, for taking the time to be with us. And I'll put your piece up on social media. Appreciate your uh, communication and the way you do it with, uh, as you mentioned, video as well as writing. And uh, uh, so thank you for your time. Oh, you bet. It's my pleasure. Bless y'all. All right. Thank you. We'll take a break, everybody. And we'll be, excuse me, we'll be back. Don't forget, I'll put up on social media and over at ProAmericaReport.com this interview so you can uh, listen again. And uh, we'll take a break. Be right back. Ed Martin, Pro America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And we're upholding the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly, a constitutional attorney and articulate voice for traditional values for more than 70 years. Now, Here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Couching feminist ideology in gender-based terminology, the so-called boyfriend loophole is a construct of the left that's meant to deprive men of their Second Amendment rights. Anti-gun activists want to weaponize a past spat with a girlfriend as justification to permanently exclude men from ever holding a job that entails carrying a gun. The Lautenberg Amendment, enacted in 1996, already denies for life the Second Amendment rights of any man ever convicted of a minor misdemeanor domestic violence charge, which is sometimes broadly defined to include even offensive touching of one's own wife. Now Democrats want to expand this to enable any girlfriend to make a false accusation that could result in men being barred for life from jobs in the military, police, or other gun-carrying professions. Obviously, no one wants to prop up abusers, but due process is a part of our U.S. Constitution and for a very specific reason. As the great jurist William Blackstone once said, it is better that 10 guilty persons should escape than that one innocent person should suffer. Johnny Depp spent millions of dollars and several years of his life to clear his name of domestic violence accusations. But most men are unwilling or unable to do what Johnny Depp did, and instead they often accept a misdemeanor plea bargain, which causes them to permanently lose their constitutional rights and job opportunities because of it. Gun control zealots want to expand the draconian Lautenberg Amendment, even though it would not have prevented any of the recent mass shootings by teenage boys. Such expansions would automatically and permanently deprive men of Second Amendment rights based on a mere restraining order requested by a girlfriend, which is often issued based on an unproven accusation and without a hearing for the accused. Let's get clear on what will and won't prevent violence, because closing this boyfriend loophole won't cut it. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. It's time to hear the truth, not the media lies, about gun rights. 
At phyllisschlafly.com, we've got strategies to protect American citizens, protect ourselves, and protect the Second Amendment. For the latest on the constitutionally protected right to bear arms, go to phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, wrapping things up, we just got a couple of moments. Um, Let me ask you a question. I want to ask you a question, and I'll put this up on social media. Don't you think that we need a book review interview uh, show for center-right books? I love having these authors on. And I don't think anybody does it better in terms of what I do with. I'm talking about there's about five or six or seven publishers on the center right. And a lot of times they can't get much traction on other radio shows, TV shows. They're sort of frozen. And I love talking to them. In fact, in a couple of days, we're going to talk with Colonel John Mills, my friend who just published a book. And the book, it's extraordinary. Uh, it's his book. It's recounting his battle with the deep state, sort of how he came of age in that fight and what he did and also what he saw and what he thinks needs to happen going forward. It's wonderful. I mean, he's a, just a great dude. So I think we need that. So I'm asking you, what do you think? Do you think we need... A, ser- a place where we have a series of interviews, probably video, probably like um, what uh, C-SPAN did. They do lots of books, but they only do the famous ones and they only do the establishment ones. We need it for center-right, for center- a center-right book show. That's my thought. What do you think? All right. Thank you to Noah Dingley, our great producer. Uh, Joanna Spilger, our associate producer. And you all for listening. I'll be back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Talk to you tomorrow. Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego.